Hello everybody, my name is Andy and I would like to welcome you back to UFOs and other paranormal stuff. Well ladies and gentlemen, I hope you're all doing well and I hope life has been good to you in the last few weeks uh, since the last episode. Well, what a time we have had of it over here in the UK. At the time of my last episode, we had Queen Elizabeth on the throne and Boris Johnson was the Prime Minister. But since that episode went out in August, the Queen, who's been on the throne for 70 years, sadly passed away and that brought us a new monarch, King Charles III. Boris Johnson was forced out of the Prime Ministership to be replaced by Liz Truss, who became a pub quiz question by becoming the shortest Prime Minister to ever serve in UK history, herself being replaced by Rishi Sunak. But the damage that she did in those 50 days in office will reverberate for years to come, unfortunately. The fact that the country has gone through four chancellors in that same time tells you just how much of a mess it is in now. But we don't do politics on this show, unless we need to, of course. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, I say welcome back to UFOs and other paranormal stuff. We are back for another season, starting with two special episodes. Firstly, this episode, obviously, which is a Your Stories kind of episode. And the next episode, due out at Halloween, is a special visit to the most haunted village in the UK, Pluckley, in Kent, with my two assistants. The audio for that episode comes from a video camera film. And so I strongly recommend that you watch the episode through the website. Just go to www.ufosandops.com, or one word, ufosandops.com, and click the vodcast. That will take you to all of the video episodes on this podcast. A link will be shared to the Facebook group, as well as the Instagram account and the Twitter accounts for UFOs and other paranormal stuff. Just log onto those social media sites and check out UFOs and, uh, UFOs and other paranormal stuff or type hashtag UFOs and OPS, U-F-O-S-A-N-D-O-P-S to get you to the right place. Today's episode is an annual Your Stories episode for 2002. I asked for your stories and you did not disappoint. Avid listener Tracy from that infamous, infamous town in the north of London, known for the haunting that occurred in the late 1970s and later becoming the subject of some uh, documentaries, TV shows and a big Hollywood film, The Conjuring 2, that town being Enfield, she has sent in another story of an incident that affected her family members some years ago. Here is Tracy's story. She says, Around eight years ago, my mum and her friend Hazel visited a manor house near us called Forty Hall. The house is open to the public and you can just go in and wander around. They had a look around the ground floor and went upstairs to look around the bedrooms. When they got to the top of the stairs, my mum felt a little uneasy and dizzy, and she tried, but she carried on looking around with her friend. It wasn't until they went back downstairs that her friend told her, when they went into one of the bedrooms, Rainton's bedroom, so Nicholas Rainton was a wealthy haberdasher, who as well as being Lord Mayor of London, built the house. 
Someone appeared to be under the covers of the bed. She could see what looked like a dark mop of hair on the pillow. When they told me about it, I searched online to see what I could find out about it. Apparently, the public didn't used to have access to every room as they do now. Rainton's bedroom used to be cordoned off and you could only look into the room rather than walk into it. The staff used to check the house before locking up and quite often used to find bedclothes in this bedroom disturbed as if someone had slept in the bed. Tracy goes on with another story. On a cold evening in December 1961, a boy was cycling on Bell Lane in, in Enfield on his way to the boys' brigade meeting. As he was pedalling his way to the meeting, he caught sight of two lights a couple of feet apart and they were coming his way. As they got closer, they suddenly veered off to the side of the road that he was on and they were going straight for him. He thought that this was a, he thought he was about to be hit by an out of control vehicle and so tried to get out of the way but its approach was way too fast and it thundered towards him. He braced himself for the inevitable impact. As it got closer he saw that it was a black coach driven by two shadowy figures and pulled by four horses. He said that it was travelling four or five feet above the ground. He was even more amazed when the apparition passed straight through him and as he turned around to look at it speeding off into the distance, it vanished into thin air. The boy was the last in a long line of people to have seen this coach making its ghostly journey through Enfield. It has been reported that the coach races along Bell Lane, wheels and hooves above the ground. The first sighting dates back uh, to the 1700s when this was a marshy, inhospitable area and the road was a good deal higher than it is now. It was fairly common in those days for drivers to lose control of their coaches and for those coaches to come off of the road, bringing a slow, watery death to their passengers. Thank you very much, Tracy from Enfield, for those stories. Please do send me more stories uh, from that very interesting town. I was there yesterday just walking around by the Enfield house. It does have that strange feel, doesn't it, uh, Enfield? I'd like to do a walking tour of Enfield, as I hear it is a very haunted town. Not just the famous house in Green Street, but loads of places in the area. Many of you have gotten in touch by using the contact form on the website ufosandops.com. One such message came in from Lauro, who is from Brazil. Lauro says, I just wanted to say I really enjoy your show. I like how direct and honest it is. I, for one, am not a big fan of those flashy, noisy podcasts that mostly are about the presenters themselves. I consider them the closest possible thing to an audio selfie. A pod selfie, if you like. Anyway, congratulations for your work. Thank you very much, Lauro. That's very kind of you to say so. Anyway, Lauro goes on to say, I saw something weird when I was a kid. It wasn't anything big, though, but here goes. My dad, my brother and I, we used to stargaze a lot. This happened around 1995-1996. At the time, we lived on a small farm in the city of Valparaiso, I believe that is, in the state of Goyas. We saw what we thought originally was a satellite crossing the sky. 
We used to have this little game in which we'd pretend the satellite would crash on one of the stars. Well this time, when it was about to hit the star, the star moved to the side while the satellite passed and went back to its original spot once the satellite had passed. I was always very interested in this type of subject, but never liked very much how it was dealt with, neither by the experts nor by the general news media. I can understand that Lauro, it's, it's, it's going on all the time and yet nothing's, nothing's printed, nothing's mentioned in the, in the radios or the newspapers. Here's where you get the news. Anyway, it goes on to say, I tend to focus on cases and ignore theories in Brazil. There's a huge spiritualistic trend which I personally don't appreciate at all. That said, Brazil has some interesting cases you might want to look into. I suggest you start looking into these two. The Operacio Prato, hope I pronounced that right, the Operation Saucer, and the Noit Oficial dos Ofnos. My Portuguese is terrible. The National UFOs Night. Or something like that. Maybe BBC did a story on this, I'm not sure. There's also the Virginia case. It's also quite a big one, but way more controversial than these two that I mentioned. If anybody has any information about those cases that Lauro has spoken about, please do let me know. Please do get in contact. I would love to know. We have a message from Felix in Spokane in Washington State in the USA. My latest was 2010, he says, in Spokane, Washington. My girlfriend saw it first and I looked straight up. It was a disc, maybe 40 feet up. Then it shot forward and two more went with it. From seeing it to out of sight was literally seconds. Thank you for that, Felix. Then, ladies and gentlemen, we have this from Gina in Watford, just north of London in the UK. She goes on to say, I will never forget the day I saw it. It is ingrained into my mind. Our mother was at work. I used to sit in the garden and watch the planes fly over as we were right underneath the flight path into Heathrow. We lived in Watford. Our garden faces the west and they flew over towards the east when approaching to land. It was only one day I saw something out of the ordinary, something that confirmed my doubt about the existence of aircraft not from this world. From the corner of my eye, travelling north to south, I saw this craft in broad daylight drifting across at no more than 300 feet from the ground at a distance of approximately two to three nautical miles from my garden. Bronze in colour, a shimmering smooth surface in the shape of a sphere and about the size of a small car, travelling at a speed of around 10 to 20 knots, very slowly making its way southbound, the craft glowed from green to red to yellow to blue in a random pattern. The hair stood up on the back of my neck. I felt in awe, excited and taken back for what my eyes were seeing. I was shaking with not fear but sheer awe. I felt lucky to see it. Not taking my eye off the craft, I smashed into my brother's window from the garden as his room was downstairs. 
shouting his name. Quick, quick, come here, see this. I shouted over and over again for him to come and see what I was seeing. What? What is it? He said, worried as I heard him slam what he had on his computer, a keyboard, and run outside. Seeing that I was not looking at him and looking into the sky while pointing at it, he saw it. We both stood there staring at the object. That must be a helicopter, he said. But I simply replied, replied where is the sound? This craft was absolutely silent. No sound at all. And the strangest thing, it was completely still. Not rotating or anything, just moving perfectly through the sky. It's like it had two cross sections going across both horizontally and vertically, no windows, but shiny and glowing. We watched as it drifted southbound. Now, in addition, I must add to the south of our house is an underground nuclear bunker in the most highly guarded military complex. This is where nuclear strikes would be ordered in the event of war and is over a hundred foot deep. With 12 levels, I was told by an electrician working inside on the first level that I had been told that not even the monarch themselves could pass this level of security clearance to get in there. It's now not in use, left derelict as if they all left in a hurry about a decade ago. This craft was headed in that direction at the time it was operational. I had only realised when somebody told me about it a few years later. To add to this, me and my brother and my brother's friend were in the garden, same garden a few years earlier when another strange occurrence happened. We were using army cooking apparatus, hexamine cookers, to cook in a mess tins that were my brother that my brother's friends had brought round as he was in the army cadets at that time all of a sudden we heard only for only 2 to 3 seconds of what was the fastest sounding aircraft we had ever heard it was low cloud so we could not see it but it sounded mind-bogglingly fast it did not sound like the usual fighter jet uh, engine however it was quieter, but more of an airy sound, so to speak, as if it was intaking incredible amounts of air as it darted over us. We all looked at each other and thought that it was some sort of spy plane, another occurrence that we will never forget, I'm sure. I've never spoken about it, but decided tonight was the night. I hope you enjoyed my story of true events. From Gina in Watford. Well, thank you, Gina, very, very much for that in-depth story. In fact, thank you, everybody, who's sent in some stories. There's apologies. I haven't got round to some of them, but there's quite a few there. Thank you very much for taking the time to, to go to the website and sending me a message. Please do continue, ladies and gentlemen. I love nothing more than reading your messages. Go to the website. Like I've said, the website is www.ufos and OPS that's ufosandops.com go to the Facebook page UFOs and other paranormal stuff Instagram uh, what else is there Twitter wherever else it is 
send me your stories send me some ideas of what you want me to do with the show any ideas for guests everything you want me to do and we'll do it season three is up and running take care and i will see you next time thank you very much for listening